Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in. We have a great topic today. We're talking about how to build corporate culture where people want to work. You know, at the end of the day, right now we're having a challenge uh, with just having people on to keep on staff, right? Um, retaining staff. It is a big deal since we've had this thing called the pandemic. And it's an urgent issue. A lot of the clients that I'm working with right now are saying they're having trouble finding people and they definitely want to keep the people that they do get. Um, turnover rates have experienced an uptick of 57%. You may have heard of this thing called the, the great resignation. It's a real thing and we definitely need to pay attention to it because keeping team members requires that we really install the elements of an effective culture across the organization. Uh, this is the topic of today. So if, if you want to retain more of the talent that you have, definitely tune in. We have a great guest. Um, ground rules, you know, you want to make sure that you're um, determining your principal objective, establishing your corporate culture, developing consistent management systems, and conducting business ethically. So we're going to be unpacking some of these ideas and more. But just while you're tuning in, just make sure that um, share your comments. If you have comments that you'd like to share, uh, we always like any likes or supports. Ask questions. And make sure that you take action. You're going to be hearing ideas today. And we want to make sure that you're not just hearing the ideas. You're actually putting them into action. So, all right. We've set the stage. And now to introduce our guest, um, Robert Kohlhepp has um, been with the Sintas Corporation um, from 1967 as an controller. And over a span of 50 years, he was promoted to different positions, including general manager, Vice President, Treasurer, Executive, Executive Vice President, and CEO. Then he served as Vice Chair and Board Chair until retiring in 2016. Additionally, he has served on several associations, corporations, nonprofits, and university boards. And recently, he has launched his new book, Building a Better Organization. So I'd like to welcome you to Growth Amplifiers, Robert. Thank you for joining us. Kenny, thank you for having me. Awesome. It's great to have you here. I know you have an extensive wealth of information and background. So let's get to uh, just kind of sharing what inspired you to craft this book and share it with others. What, what did give you that push and ignited that passion? Well, I, I, the, the thing that gave me the push was a uh, friend of mine who uh, sits on a board, a private equity company board with me, uh, sent me a book called The Trillion Dollar Coach, written about a guy named Bill Campbell, uh, who mentored a number of people on the West Coast, uh, particularly Stephen Jobs. Uh, and uh, that book sort of gave me the impetus to write my book. Uh, uh, I liked the way it was formatted and the way they approached the book. Uh, and I've, I've formatted mine somewhat similar to that, but I've been very blessed to be part of a, 
incredible organization. I joined the company, as you said, in 1967 as controller and ended up retiring as chairman of the board. When I joined the company, we had sales of about a million six. Today, we have sales of over eight billion. Uh, when I joined the company, we had 62 employees who we call partners. Uh, we now have over 40,000. And I've been very blessed to be part of that growth and part of that success. And uh, I felt like it's, I had a lot of knowledge and experience, made a lot of mistakes, learned from those mistakes, and uh, didn't want to take that knowledge and experience to my grave. So I decided to write a book. I think that's that's awesome. And I really like the f- framing. You know, we we all make mistakes. It's part of the journey. And we learn from those mistakes. It's, it's feedback. And we could either... Um, learn from doing the mistakes ourselves, or even better, uh, we can learn from others who've already traveled that journey and have had already learned from those mistakes and hope to maybe avoid uh, experiencing those mistakes for ourselves. Absolutely. So you got this book, you, you launched this book, and who is this book for and what is the the core takeaway that you're wanting to share for those who are are picking up a copy? Well, I think the book is for anyone who uh, runs a business, manages people, supervises people. Uh, the book is really basically three sections. The first section is about culture and values and how we establish that at Cintas. Second section is about the people, mm-hmm. how to hire the right people, how to keep people, how to motivate people. And the third part of the book is about leadership uh, and how I feel about leadership. I've taught a lot of courses on leadership, both at our company, CentOS, as well as in universities and so forth. And I think it's something that uh, uh, everyone can learn from. So uh, those are the three parts of the book. And I think uh, uh, a person who reads the book can learn about the importance of culture, uh, what our culture was, establishing your own culture, uh, we always called our culture the ultimate competitive advantage because it was by far the most difficult things for our, our competitors to copy because it's intangible. You can't see it. You can't touch it. If we came out with a new product, I could copy our product very quickly. But our culture, our values, the way we ran the company was not very easy to learn about and certainly more difficult to even to emulate. Uh, and so I think uh, anyone who reads the book can, can learn about that. They can learn about people the importance of hiring the right people, not only who are capable of doing the job you're hiring them for, but equally, if not more important, compatible with your values and your culture. Mm. And so our whole interviewing process was two stages. One, does the person have the uh, capabilities of doing the job? And then once we determine that, will the person fit in our company? Because if they won't fit in our company, they won't be happy, we won't be happy. And so you need to go about uh, process, which we called meticulous hiring, to really focus in on bringing the right people in your organization. Uh, and so, and then last part of the book, I think leadership, you can learn a lot about uh, how to lead people, how to motivate people, how and when to be tough, how and when not to be tough, uh, how to, how to uh, inspire people and, and, and create an environment where people uh, have a, a say in what you're doing that their opinions are respected and solicited. Uh, I've always told uh, people who work for me, if you have a problem, number one, the answer is never in your office. 
Go out and talk to your people. Go out and talk to your customers. You'll find out what's wrong and you'll find out how to fix it. You'll never find out in your office reading reports and having meetings. Uh, and uh, and so the whole people aspect of thing and leading people is, is the third part of the book. And I hope that uh, people can garner things from all three of those sections. I see just how powerful that is. Um, I'm a marketing advisor and, and growth coach, and I help businesses implement marketing tools to save their time uh, and generate consistent results and get a better ROI on their efforts. But if you give the tools to a team and you don't have the right team, right? Uh, they don't have the right mindset. You don't have the right culture. Then you can, it's like giving paintbrushes to people who don't know how to paint or they're not inspired to paint. Uh, so right. I, I see just how powerful that is where if you don't have the right leadership, you're not building the right culture, you can be checking off a lot of the other boxes, but you, you are basically missing uh, key ingredients to really get the, the best possible result. Um, so I'm going to transition you into the, the big three. And we've got uh, some things to, to unpack. Uh, and this is the um, how to coordinate, how to operationalize conduct that aligns with high expectations. So this is a one of the elements that you you cover in your book. Is that correct? It is. Yes. All right. So um, definitely, if you're wanting to get the full details, uh, pick up a copy of the book. Uh, you can learn more at Robert's website. But for right now. If we could kind of just take a high level and just talk a little bit about um, how someone could operationalize this conduct. Because, again, if you have a team, but you're not getting through to them, then you're limited on what you can achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, high expectations has to be part of your culture, part of your values. And one of the things that we did in, in developing our culture was to explain to everybody, we just didn't want to be an average company. We wanted to be a, a company that was above average and always strove for excellence in, in performance, in uh, how our people felt about us, how our customers felt about us. So I really think it has to be embedded into your value uh, uh, system at the company and, and what your culture is. And then once you have that embedded, then you, in setting goals, you have to have high expectations and setting performance objectives. You have to have high expectations. Uh, and ha that starts with having high expectations of yourself. Uh, you can't have high expectations of people work for you if you don't have high expectations of yourself and you live up to those things. Uh, so I, I would say that's, that's where it begins. And getting back to your earlier comment, the analogy I always like to use is the greatest basketball coach will not win many games without great players. And if you don't have great players on your team, I don't care how good a coach you are. Same thing is true in business. The greatest manager in the whole world, the greatest motivator in the whole world is not going to be successful if they don't have good people on their team, people who are aligned with their values and what they're trying to accomplish. And, uh, and then they properly motivate those people and give them the tools they need and the training they need to be successful. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action. 
to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now, let's get back to the show. And, and that goes for like every every little space. Even we had interns. Um, this is something that we learned in, in our lesson. We had some interns a few years back. We've had some that have been really great and they're just proactive. They have the right mindset and they're, they don't need to be told to do things. You could tell they're just action takers and they, they're just contributing to the team. We've also had some that even though they were interning, <laughs> seem to be making it harder. They're just trying to help, but it actually they're making things more challenging by having to follow up. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and even when they're trying to help, they're just not a good fit. And so this goes like for everyone. If you really work to build and refine your team and ensure they're aligned and lead them, uh, that that's just tremendous. And you can imagine the impact that would have on your team if you take these concepts from this book and put them into action. Um, so going into number two, uh, how to instill directness as a tenet of corporate culture. So I I think, you know, sometimes people can tap toe around um, their communication and aren't calling a spade a spade, and it, it can do a disservice to making things move forward. So how can you instill directness as a tenet of corporate culture? Well, we talked about a lot. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I, my own personal experience is the most difficult uh, problem that managers and supervisors have is giving direct, honest feedback to the people they work for them, the people that work for them. And I think the reason is that uh, people naturally avoid conflict. Mm. And when they are about to tell someone, hey, you didn't do this right, or they're I didn't like the way you did this, or I want you to do it a different way. The supervisor, the manager always often anticipates conflict and they, they avoid the conflict by either not addressing it right away, or when they do address it, they put sugar all over it and don't make it as direct as it needs to be. And one of the things I used to tell everyone who worked for me is, you know, don't you hope and wish that what I would say to you about you and your performance is the same thing I would say to my boss about you and your performance, uh, because otherwise I'm misleading you. I mean, you know, for example, nobody should ever be surprised when they get fired. If they are, it's the boss's fault for not telling them they weren't performing and what they needed to do. So we, we would talk about that a lot. We would teach it in how to give performance reviews, how to direct, how, how to, and, and not only that, we would teach people how do you avoid conflict? How do you present it in a way that the person receives it well, as opposed to in a way where the person doesn't receive it well? One of the things we used to teach is always criticize the behavior, never criticize the individual. Okay. If you start off a, a session with someone and said, you big idiot, they don't hear another <laughs> word to say. They're just, their ears are closed. And, uh, and so we, we would teach people how to approach those kinds of things and how to deal with them and how to avoid that natural tendency to avoid that conflict because it usually isn't conflict. 
People want to improve. People want to get better. And if you don't give them good feedback, honest feedback, direct feedback, and immediate feedback, they don't improve. So common. I'm seeing this very, very common where the business owner can get on this mindset sometimes. Uh, or, or, you know, the manager. These people, they don't know what they're doing. And they start passing the blame to their team. And then if, if you question, have you honestly communicated to them and, and told them the challenges that you have and then how to resolve it? And usually if they're being honest, they're like, maybe not, <laughs> maybe I could do a better job there. So you can't, if you're not coming up and communicating with people directly and telling them how they can improve, then how can you expect them to know where they're lacking or how to improve what they should be doing? I like to tell people to consider, you know, getting into a coaching relationship to where you're coming as kind of like their coach. Hey, here's, here's what you're doing. And um, here's some things that you could maybe improve. And this is important because like to your point, Bob, um, no one wants to be attacked. So if, if, if you could position it in a way where they're, they're seeing you on their side, then it, it creates a win-win. But if you, if you're not taking that step and for those tuning in, if you're not taking that step and, and having that conversation, then you can't blame your team. You got to take the ownership. So Bob covers this more in his book. And if you want to learn, you can go to his website, which is actually um, robertcolehep.com. And it's on the screen. And we're definitely putting it in show notes. So check it out and you can learn more about his book. And also, let's unpack this one, Bob. Um, how to lead in a way that effectively earns trust and respect of all staff. Because uh, if, <laughs> if they don't respect you or, or trust you, then it's going to be an uphill battle to get them to listen to you. Well, so I think, uh, first of all, you have to be honest and you have to uh, do your job and perform your job with integrity. You have to do what you say you're going to do. If you tell somebody you're going to get back to them at a certain time, you get back to them. Uh, if you have a meeting at three o'clock, you shouldn't walk in at three ten, and expect all your people to always be there. If you if you come in late every time, so I think it's a matter of, uh, and then I think it's a matter of communication too. Uh, uh, we would give uh, every person who would work for a manager in our company in their first six months on the job would get a performance review, and then and then at the end of the year, and then every year thereafter, and if they change jobs again, they get a, a performance review in the first six months. Those performance reviews would be prepared by the boss, given to the boss's boss for review and comment, then given to the subordinate, and then the, the boss would report back to the boss's boss on how it went and if there were any problems. So I think communication is absolutely critical. It does take time to build trust. You can't build trust overnight. It usually would be a couple of reviews, maybe about a year before people would understand that when I said something tough to them, that it, my purpose was not to be a jerk, not to be a hard-nosed son of a gun. It was to help them improve, help them get better. You know, feedback is so important. And, and you talked about that a little while ago. I used to always use the analogy of comparing a boxing match to a football game. 
Uh, I, I love sports and I and boxing is probably my least favorite sport for a whole bunch of reasons. But one of the reasons is you have two boxers in a, in a ring fighting. They have no idea who's winning the match unless they can knock the other person down for 10 seconds. So they can be in the seventh or eighth round. They don't know who's winning. Nobody in the audience knows who's winning. And at the end of the match, they hold the, the they, they bring, they say, judge so-and-so said this, judge so and they hold one guy's hand up. Now, can you imagine playing a basketball game that way? <laughs> Running up and down the court, shooting the ball in the basket. The end of the game, they bring the two captains out and they hold one hand up and say, here's the winner. Okay. It's almost comical when you think about it. <laughs> think about the difference in the feedback system between those two sports. Basketball is very clear what the objective is. Score more points than the other team. How are we doing? Look up at the scoreboard at any time and you know, and you can adjust your strategy based on the score and how far you're down and all that sort of thing. Okay. That's the perfect feed. Uh, what managers need to do. What is it? Tell people what they're expected to do, train them and teach them how to do it, give them the tools to do it, and then give them constant feedback on how they're doing so that they can adjust. Okay. And I would say to the audience, I said, now let me ask you something. Does your department look like a boxing match? or a basketball game. And I'd see some funny looks on some faces when I would say that. People need that feedback in order to perform. And I think the way you build trust is you, you, you demonstrate to people that you're giving them feedback, you pat them on the back and, and, and praise the heck out of them when they do something well, you reprimand them and redirect them when they do something that's not right. And if you do that, people will, over time will say, this person cares about me. And, they, and you show them that you care about them. And I don't believe you can lead anybody if you don't care about the people you're trying to lead. Very well said. Very well said. I love the analogy there between <laughs> boxing and basketball. Uh, it It is the case. And, and people do like that feedback. You know, I can recall working for some businesses when before I started my own businesses you're back and some would let you know what you're doing and they'd give you guidance and, and you felt like you're growing, you're, you're part of this team and others you're like off on this Island. You don't really know what's, what's going on. And you're like, you, you just felt disconnected. And, and if you're, if you felt disconnected, uh, it just didn't, it didn't want to make you stretch and push yourself. Yeah. I'm naturally, uh, somebody who just likes to push myself, but if I'm trying and not getting any feedback, then it just makes me wonder, am I even doing the right thing? Right. Exactly. Uh, so, so think about that. Think about just, if you could just pick up one thing from this podcast, if you could pick up one thing, what's the one thing that you want to start implementing for yourself and your business. And while we're here, <laughs> here's something that you could pick up for yourself and your business. It's a copy of Robert's book, Build a Better Organization. Uh, and we're at the end of a year right now as we're recording this, the new year's around the corner, and what a better thing could you do that would help maybe give you a new idea or two that could change the trajectory of what's possible for the new year? And if you see this on the replay, uh, that you could always do you can always pick this up in the middle of the year too. It, it's never too late to gain a new idea uh, and amplify your business. 
So Bob, as we're looking to uh, wrap up, you shared some great information and analogies and helpful tips. And I really appreciate that. And one common thing that we do at the end of these podcasts is just see if you'd be willing to share just something that you've learned on your journey that would help other amplifiers on theirs. It could be related to your book or it could be any life lesson that you've found valuable. Well, Kenny, I guess I would say uh, I was asked recently uh, uh, what trait is the most important trait for a successful person? And I thought about that for just a few seconds. And my response was this. I think the greatest trait for any successful person in any endeavor is dogged determination. The You're going to get knocked down. The road to success is always under construction. There's going to be orange barrels out there. The people who are successful, when they run into those orange barrels, they go over them, through them, under them, around them. But they do not, when they get knocked down, they dust themselves off, they get right back into the game. And I believe that trait, and I don't care what, I don't care whether you're a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, or a business person, that dogged determination that you're going to, you're going to achieve the objective. The only question should be how long is it going to take to achieve the objective? Or if it need to be that you've changed the objective if something changes. Uh, but that dogged determination, in my opinion, is the number one most important trait in any successful person. Bravo. I love it. It's very in alignment with growth amplifiers mindset. You're going to have those things come up. You might as well have that mindset. Hey, look, I'm either going to conquer it or it's going to conquer me. So why right. not be the conqueror, right? Exactly. So, so thank you very much for sharing. We appreciate you for tuning in. Um, definitely check out Bob's website. Uh, check out a copy of his book. It's definitely has some great knowledge and information that could change your business and help your you and your teams achieve their full potential. All right, Bob, thank you so much. We appreciate you to contributing to Growth Amplifiers. Okay, Kenny, thanks for having me. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.